I had talks with you where we we would actually be in the green room at Turner Sports because I was yes. at NBA TV yes. at the time. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna I'm I think I'm gonna walk away from this. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, you got the money, money though. You got that corporate, you right. got that corporate bag. Yeah, yeah. Like you had, you were set. You said I'm going to risk it all. Yeah. To pursue my dream as a reporter, sideline reporter, anchor. That's unheard of. I just believed that the money was going to come. And it was rough because I'm looking around at my girlfriends and they are taking their trips to Belize and yes. doing all the extra things that I used to do. If, if not for me literally telling myself that every day or looking in the mirror and saying, you know, you are beautiful, you are enough, you can do this. Like, yeah. you, you got this. And just putting mantras all around, I know my worth. Mm -hmm. And that was important for me to help them to understand. And I know I am the only black female cracking a mic on a sports talk station in this city. So let's talk. <laughs> and we are back with another edition of the Cool Soror podcast, where we interview amazing women in Black Greek letter organizations. I am your host, the one with the most east side Atlanta, Georgia, because Decatur is not Atlanta. If you're from Atlanta, you understand the song by Amaretta. But anyway, neither here nor there. I am Rashawn Ali. And today I am joined by a good friend of mine. Tanitra Batiste, who is a cool soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Look, I wore a piece of red. Yes, just I love it. Thank you. You are so welcome. Uh, Tanitra is a lot of things, but currently the in-game analyst for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, she's also a sports anchor reporter, host on 92.9 The Game, uh, and so much more. Announcer for the Hawks NBA G League team, College Park Skyhawks, and so much more. And... Uh, <laughs> Your story is something that I'm so glad that we get to share because your career started in human resources. Yes. Yes. You were a corporate woman. Yes. So let's talk about your, I'm not going to talk about the transition yet, mm -hmm. but you were really into the corporate life and human resources from the very beginning. So take me back to getting your degree and then landing in the HR space. Yeah. In college, I had psych as a major and communications as a minor, but I really didn't see a lot of faces that looked like yours and mine on air and especially not in sports. So I thought, OK, I'll do the safe thing. I'll get the good job. Ah. So I get that bachelor's degree. Then I go and get the master's in IO psych. It's like, well, I still get to talk to people, but it's not sports. Mm -hmm. So I'm climbing the ladder, kind of doing my recruiting thing, training and development, consulting, but it was just never fulfilling for me. I was always looking at sports, going into programs at NYU and Xavier and just all sorts of, it was always sports. It was always sports. So finally, fast forward later in that career, and there was an opportunity working for Turner, Turner Sports at the time and just seeing- In HR. In HR. Yeah, yeah. I was the HR person for Turner Sports. Wow. Yes. So, yes. So literally just watching the ins and outs there, I was like, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. OK, like, I, yeah. I'm going to stop you there because we're going to go back to that story, because th I yes. think that is like the juice of the story of you literally walking away from all of that. All that good money. You better believe it. Yeah, that thing was good. All that corporate money. Good, that corporate money. And, and yes. it's consistent. 
Hello? Right, and you got them benefits. Yes, and uh, those bonuses. And all the forget. bonuses. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go <laughs> we'll back. Come to, right, we'll come where back. did your love of sports come from? It, it's just always been there. I am a tomboy, mm-hmm. and I know you can appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You I'm are totally, too. I know, exactly. <laughs> right. So it's like, literally, I was that person who would go on the field. And it's funny because I just saw my neighbor at a Hawks game a couple nights ago, my neighbor from Louisiana. And we were talking about that, like, I would be the person who, hey, if you're going to draft the quarterback for a touch football, draft me. Mm-hmm. And I would be the one where they'd be like, I dare you to jump off the two, you know, the second or third story of the house. Bet I'm doing it. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, let's run the hundred yard dash. That, that's me. But unfortunately, I have health medical conditions that, you know, at that point it was like you run, you die. Mm. And my mom was like, yeah, that's my only child. So what I'm not going to do is ever. And so I always say those who can't play talk about those. Yeah. Who do. Right. And so what's your is basketball your favorite? It has become right. my so favorite. So what was the original? Oh, it's football because I'm, 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 I'm from the South. Come on. So that's what we do. Right. Football is like it's what is, we say faith, family and football. and football. That's what we do. Yeah. So it was always football. And then I moved to Jersey and for, for in my work, corporate life. In your corporate life. Yes. And so I moved to Jersey and that's all ball. That's yeah. all ball. That's Rucker Park. That's all ball between, you know, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So every weekend I'm going into Harlem, I'm getting my hair done and I'm going and watching these guys ball out, you know. Would you be by yourself? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I'd hop a train and just roll through the city by myself, just wherever. And if I saw something interesting, like a pickup game, I might stop and watch it. And you just never know who you might see out there. It could be, you know, old school, some of the Knicks or just anybody playing a pickup game. And then the Nets were hot at that time. The Knicks were kind of hot as well. So it's like, and they were the New Jersey Nets, by the way, at the time. Right, right. Yeah, so that's where I kind (laughs) of fell in love with it. And I was like, I think I kind of like this. So it's become like my 1A, 1B. I mean, it's forever going to be football because that's what I grew up on. But yeah, yeah, I love ball. Who's Who's your college football team? You know, that is interesting. That's a good question. I I rock with LSU because that's the home team. Right, right. I rock with LSU because that. But really and truly, if it's an SEC team, I'm 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 with that. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love SEC. SEC football. Yeah, I'm with that. Like across the board. Exactly. Like, so I felt like we, as in we Southerners, we SEC fans, we're still winning. Yeah. Whether it's Georgia, LSU, Alabama, we're still winning. And kudos to Georgia. We finally... How exciting was that? I can remember covering a couple years ago was my first spring game and just the energy in that stadium between the hedges is unreal but yeah what Kirby Smart has been able to build there yeah and not just Kirby Smart but all of those who are you know the Kirby Smart tree yeah which you know now they've gone on to do some great things as well what he's building down there is incredible it is amazing and then when you come under the tutelage of a Nick Saban yes um and, and then you're able to branch out and finally you finally beat your beat your teacher yes you know, yes. I wonder what he went on and told his wife right. that night. You know, I beat that. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you know, him. I got him. I got, I got him. him. Right. Yeah. That's a that beautiful thing. Beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. See, I'm a college football girl to the core. We yes. talk college yes. football yes. all day. Um, uh, recently, Matt Ryan being traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And the, the rhetoric that I'm seeing on social media has just been, you, you, you would think the guy never took us to a Super Bowl. Right. Or never did anything great in the community. It was like it was like he was actually trying to block for himself. Yes. Like he yes. was the offensive line that didn't block for himself. And yes. so he's getting blamed for all of that. What do you think was the final straw for, for Matt Ryan saying, yeah, I do want to trade. Do you think it was the Deshaun Watson talks? Absolutely. Yeah. And if I can just take a step back, because like you said, people forget where the Falcons franchise was when Matt 
Ryan walked in those doors in yeah. 2008. Right. They forget that. And they forget that he was the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. So you had something from day one and you're going to the playoffs time after time after time. There are franchises who don't sniff the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And yet every year he's getting you there. And like you said, sometimes he's getting you there without a good old line. Sometimes he's getting you there without a run game. Sometimes he's getting you there with one good receiver. Right. And yet he's the steady. And oh, I love this quote that I, I saw or heard a couple of days ago. Who do you know that's worked 14 years and taken three days off work? Wow. Okay, that would be Matt Ryan. He's missed three. He missed three games in 14 years. Yeah. And so just the durability, the consistency, All of that, I remember I tweeted out legacy. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to miss him. I've been saying that for the last couple of years, though. You're going to miss him when he's gone. You're going to appreciate him when he's gone. So I'm excited for him that he's now with a franchise that actually has a legitimate chance to contend in the AFC. But I don't think that chance would have come to him this soon if Deshaun Watson hadn't got the bag from the Browns. Right. That really accelerated things. And I know we had a press conference and we talked about, you know, with Terry Fontenot, the GM, and with Arthur Smith, Smith, the coach, about what kind of where they were in the negotiations. And, you know, they're, they're a little coy about that. Right. But the bottom line is this, that Deshaun Watson going after him in the, at this time was the writing on the wall for Matt Ryan yeah. to say, hey, I knew this day was coming, I but I guess this day is here. Yeah. yeah. Then we didn't get Deshaun. Yeah. We didn't get Deshaun. Right. But they they threw a bag at him that we probably, we just didn't have that type Nobody of money. Nobody had that bag. Nobody, Nobody. Had Because the Saints moved and they, they moved uh, players. They were able to restructure contracts. They got $30 million under the cap. They got $30 million in cap space. That's how badly they wanted him. The Panthers tapped out early. They yeah. were like, yeah, we fold. Yeah. So it's really down to the Saints and Falcons, a report had even come out the day before the Falcons reportedly put their offer on the table saying that the Browns were out of it. So oh, everybody yeah. thought everybody it's Saints thought Falcons. It, yes. And all of a sudden, I mean, the, the I mean, Browns they came out of nowhere. Out. And, and, and you and you know this just as uh, well as I do. Two hundred thirty million dollars of guaranteed money in the NFL is unheard, unheard of. of. That doesn't happen. Guaranteed? Guaranteed money? That's basketball yeah. money. Yeah, and baseball money. And baseball yeah. money. You don't get guaranteed money in the NFL. Exactly. Right. I hope that who's ever watching this show, yeah. you hope you're a woman in sports or a man in sports because we are definitely talking sports. That's a part of who I am, guys. Yes. So if you're part of this podcast, <laughs> you're going to get all versions of Rashawn. Yes. Moving on. Um. So, yeah, that I mean, that, that, that thing right there just really... Um, I was I was I was really taken aback when I saw that that we he got traded and then for a third round draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think that was a little low. Yeah, people were outdone because they're like, okay, what capital did you really get? But see, that's that leveraging where you never ever know what it could be because a year ago, not that there were suitors, but a year ago, it probably could have been a second round pick. Of or course, maybe, maybe even, even a, a late first, first round. round? Yeah. Exactly. If it was the right team who were like, we'll take him because we want to win now. Like yeah. a Matt Stafford he's situation. he's very smart. Yes. He's a very smart quarterback. Oh, very, very, very cerebral. Yeah. So you would have gotten a guy who maybe isn't as quick as he used to be or maybe, you know, doesn't have the arm strength. Well, everybody loses that after a while. But the, the, the mind, the understanding of the game unreal. Yeah. I mean, I saw a stat that literally said he had zero interceptions on play action plays in oh, wow. 2021. Wow. He still yeah, yeah. still yeah, cuz the mind still understands the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe and of course we can what if this to death because in 2023 who knows if if 
even a third rounder would have been there. But when you get in a situation, whether you are the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers or whomever, and you put all your cards on the table, now any team that would be interested in him, they've got leverage. Mm -hmm. The Falcons simply did not have leverage. Mm -hmm. And so you get a third rounder. Wow. Yeah. Compared to your boy who, where they get a second and third rounder because Last year, there was some leverage mm-hmm. that could happen with trading. It's all uh, the, num- letting, the numbers yeah. games and it's, the, it's all situations. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. for my brain. Mine too. Yeah, it is. I, I it can't is. process all that. But I do want to go back because of the way you speak about sports and how eloquent you are and how articulate you are about the sports. You literally, I want to go back to when you decided to leave HR. First of all, I'm not, you know, I'm sure you won't divulge the salary you were making, but I, I had talks with you where we, we would actually be in the green room at Turner Sports because I was yes. at NBA TV yes. at the time. Yes. You're like, I'm going to, I'm, I think I'm going to walk away from this. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, you got the money, money, though. You got that corporate, you got right. that corporate bag. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had, you were set. Yeah. For life. I mean, financially. No, because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you didn't have a family or children at the, at the time. Right. right. And you, I know you were smart with your money, but the bold move that you said, I'm going to risk it all. Yeah. To pursue my dream as a reporter, sideline reporter, anchor. Yeah. That's unheard of. Right. First of all. And what was that first job like? Yeah, it was interesting because I, so just a quick step back, because I have got to shout you out. Rashawn's been there for me from day one. We literally, and it's kind of like one of your team members just said when he heard my voice, he was like, are you, wait a minute, is that you from 92.9? I know that voice anywhere. Well, same thing. We were at a vision board party. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's so beautiful. And she has such a, such a beautiful spirit. So Rashawn's sitting on, you're sitting on the stairwell mm-hmm. and I'm sitting like down below and each of us is kind of, you know, going around talking about our vision boards. And I was like, that voice, I just don't get it. Like, I know that voice. And so finally I put kind of the two and two together and we just connected yeah. and we just stayed, we've stayed connected since, since then. then. Mm-hmm. And literally I can envision, like you said, in the green room, there, there was a time in the parking lot, you stayed an extra hour after you were out of post-production just to talk to me. And those are the things that kind of told me, okay, I think you can do this. Or the times where I'm like texting you like, Sean, you got like 30 minutes for a coffee meeting. Right. Those are the little things that told me, I, I think you can do this. And so, like you said, I, I didn't want to go back to school a third time. So I just went to a sports certification program and I was going to go go do it in New York, but they were like, yeah, You'd have to start from scratch. No, thank you. Chicago, I was like, yeah, I don't do four degrees, so I'm good. Yeah. There was, uh, yeah, because it's, it's winter. So it, there was one here. Went to school. The director of that program went to 92.9 every week for like four, five, six weeks. And they were like, we're not taking interns. He was like, no, you want this one. And they were like, we're not taking interns. No, you want this one. So finally, the PD was like, darn it, just send her here. Yeah. And when I got there, they were like, oh, we see what you mean. We'd like, we'd like to take her. And Jamie Dukes, Jamie Dukes and my boy Jerome Jarinovich were hosting a show. And I said, I want that show because they were the triple threat. They were doing digital TV and radio at the time. And I said, I know that's what I want to do. So I want that show. And they said, if you can run a board and hit some buttons, Mm -hmm. we'll hire you. And so, like you said, that corporate money floated me for years. That corporate money was while I why I was able to take that non-paid internship and then make basically less money than I was making when I worked for McDonald's <laughs> out of high school and college. Wow. But I loved what I was doing. And so I moved from producer making little or nothing to producing the number one show on the station that is now the John and Hugh morning show. Mm-hmm. But that was a weekend show at first mm-hmm. and moving them on. And, and Jamie Duke's going and advocating for me constantly saying, you do know she's talent, right? right. You do, do know she shouldn't be put, pushing buttons. She should be 
cracking a mic. And finally, they let me uh, report. And my first my first press conference was Mike Budenholzer. Wow. Introduced as the new Hawks coach. So that's where that love's com- love comes from for the Hawks. Yeah. Because I've been there. That, that's, that was my day one. Right. Yeah, that was my very first press conference. So and then it just evolved into anchoring and then moving to TV. And then, like you said, corporate. The good thing is I could fall back on it mm-hmm. because when something didn't work out on the broadcast and what I go do? Make some corporate money. Yeah. 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 So I call, Did you have yeah. to do that like a couple of times to go back and do some contract work? Just or how once. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And you ain't tell me about that, boy. Yeah, girl. You ain't tell me, so you ain't tell that, me about so that. So that's how I know I don't, can't do that four degree weather in Chicago. Oh. So literally, and one of your sores and one of my dearest friends from Jersey mm-hmm. was in Chicago and she said, hey, I know you don't want I know you don't want to do this, but I do know you'd like to come to Chicago for a couple months. So run this project for me for four months and I'm going to pay you a gazillion dollars and I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. And I was like, okay, can I be off every Tuesday? Yes. Can I go back to Atlanta in four months? Yes. Can I do this? And she just, she built it because there are people that God will allow to cross your path Mm. and they understand your grind. And her husband is in the industry as well. So she knew that I needed that bridge at that time. And she needed you. She needed your expertise. You needed that money. Yes. So it all worked out. And it worked out. And then when it was time to come back here, the station had an opening, the radio station, you know, that I left and I came back and I said, yeah, I'm only coming back to crack a mic. Like I'm not producing. I know my worth. Mm -hmm. And that was important for me to help them to understand. And I know I'm the only black female cracking a mic on a sports talk station in this city. So let's talk. Wow. Yeah. This level of belief that you had in yourself, and this has been a recurring theme with guests on on this show, that that would be scary for 99% of the people in this world to walk away from that type of money and that type of level of comfortability to if anybody knows the TV space, yes. you brand new in this space, you are not getting anything. Those moments when you wanted to say, I can't. And even, I would, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yes. I'd be like, man, I don't know, man. Tanisha might need to go and make it think about it. Cause, but you, but I know you had a lot of, I would never say that to you. But right. even I was like, man, they just doing us wrong, man. We're just going to get a chance. Right. But you kept going. Yeah. What was that? When I tell you, you're going to, it's going to blow you away. FAMU Nation. Really? That's right. My Rattlers. You, Denise Hendricks, Kareem White, Tiffany Green. Yes. Yes. I started, that journey started actually in grad school. So I went to grad school in Pensacola and I was going to leave grad school. And then I met Denise. Mm, She's a She's a great, she's been on the podcast. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. So, you know, met her then and we lost touch, but we came back together uh, when I realized she was living here. And people like her and you just throwing a little nugget out there every so often. Or one time I can remember calling Kareem and screaming to the top of my lungs and saying, I am done. I I cannot do this. And he asked me the question. He said, are you sure? Because when you walk away, he said, you need to be 100% sure that it is completely out of your system. You don't want to turn the TV on and say, that could have been me. Mm. You don't want to go to a Hawks game and say, that could have been me. You don't want to see a sideline reporter and say, that could have been me. And I could never, ever say 100% that I was ready to walk away. And then I could never tell anybody what I was going to do if I walked. Right. <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going back to HR. So that's what kind of propelled me. It was like, oh, I really don't have a plan B. Yeah. Oh, this is going to have to work. It's because work. I, I can't and I don't want to do anything else. And then God literally just started opening like mad doors 
in 2021 that I, I mean, I can't even explain where all of that has yeah. come from and, and continues to open doors. It's just been amazing. But like you said, ooh, there were some low points. Yeah. <laughs> there were some low points. So, yes. Rattler Nation. Right. You guys In addition to the Rattler family. Because we're yes. amazing. You are. Um, uh, you totally you're, are. <laughs> Save me. Save my life in grad school yes, till now. Yes. Your faith. Let's talk about your faith and, and the unwavering faith, obviously, that you have. Is it a personal mantra? Is it a prayer? Is it a Bible verse? Is it a meditation? What is it that you do yeah. to continue to keep going, especially in those moments when you wanted to give up? Yeah, definitely. I do have a Bible verse. So I'll go back to Philippians 3 and 14. And I say, yes, I am pressing towards the higher mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. However, that also means I'm pressing every day to my highest calling. So I'm always looking to say, okay, was this the best Tanitra today? Okay, if not, let's try this again tomorrow because we're going to get tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, we got tomorrow. Hey, let's do this. Right. Let's make it better than the day before. And then I think the other thing is this. God will always give me what I call a God wink. Mm -hmm. So I was home for a little while when things didn't work out in Tampa before I went to Chicago. And my grandmother and my aunt said, hey, you know, can you help us to clean some things out uh, in like our second house? So I'm cleaning things out and I come across. And that was one of the times where I was like, geez, maybe I should just go back to corporate for good because man, that's a lot, that's a lot of money. And <laughs> I, I saw this uh, plaque that said journalist of the year mm. in high school. And I said, wow. So this has always been, this in is always, yeah, it's always been there. So I just believed that the money was going to come and it was rough because I'm looking around at my girlfriends and they are taking their trips to Belize and yes. doing all the extra things that I used to do uh -huh. and, you know, driving their fly cars and they still have homes that they own. And I'm like, yeah, so can I like stay with you for like, just, just, a, just a couple months. Let me, you know, catch my wind. Thank God I have a, an incredible set of line sisters that mm -hmm. always hold me down. Mm -hmm. But that's tough when you're grown, living your life in reverse, as I call it. Yeah. That is tough. And so, yeah, if, if not for me literally telling myself that every day or looking in the mirror and saying, you know, you are beautiful, you are enough, you can do this. Like, yeah. you, you got this. And just putting, like, being Mary Jane. That was putting, me. Putting mantras all around yeah. the house so that I could remind myself yeah. This too shall pass. And there's there's another side to this. There's there's the other side. Ooh, when's the book coming out? Yes. Yeah, so it's interesting <laughs> you said that because yeah, I have been taking notes literally because my goal and my hope is to let women, especially women of color, and especially those who, as my girlfriend says, are of a certain age, Miss Inga, who tells you hello. Hey, but yeah, Inga. she says of, <laughs> you know, women of a certain age. That's the other piece. This is a very difficult industry to be in because it is so superficial and you and I, we're, we're cerebral people. And that piece for me was very difficult. And chocolate. Yeah. Let's, let's speak on it because I've heard people say she's beautiful for, for a chocolate dark, girl. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard some say, well, you should put that clip at the beginning of your reel. And even though this is your best clip, let's go ahead and put that at the end. And you know why, right? Mm, yeah. Wow. So, and I've had people tell me, wow, she's great. But, you know, she's a little bit older, older right? or she's, she's a little bit browner. Yeah. Or right. they'll tell the third party who will come back and tell me, yeah, that's kind of why you didn't get that. So, yeah. Though, now, those, Rashawn, those were low moments because being from Louisiana and dealing with colorism my entire, entire life. Entire life. Yeah. I'm being told, you know, you're beautiful for the dark skin girl or, oh, my God, you're beautiful because... You know, under all this, I still got hair, y'all. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Right. I just don't feel like doing it. That's right. why I exist. It, that look good. I like yeah, it. We're going to do this. Right. But yeah, like being told that my entire life and thinking like, why can't you just say I'm beautiful? Yeah. And then having to, you know, having so much Qualifier, success in corporate yeah. America yeah. And nobody blinking about my age, my height, my weight, my my complexion, and then coming back to all of that. So, but that's how God will tell you sometimes as well that you have some of those issues, mm-hmm. those deep-seated issues that you need to address so that when it comes up on you, okay. Right. Yeah. Because guess who does not care about all of that? The Hawks. Right. The Hawks. And when you, <laughs> listen, Thank when you goodness. got that... <laughs> When did that happen? That was like a year ago when when it uh, when it they put it on social media and I was like, I'm so happy for you. This yes, is great. You were you, you were finally. one of the first people who was like, yes, yes, yeah. It was crazy because literally, and you know this because I you know I follow you like, yeah, 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 my <laughs> girl, you. my girl, and and your journey as well. And I know I promise we'll get back to the Hawks, but your journey as well. When we hooked up for just a hot second in Detroit, mm-hmm. when you were moderating a panel, and I only came in. To congratulate you. That was my sole goal. And to tell you, not that you needed it, but I wanted you to know, just like you always see me, I see you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she is so in her lane yes. with this show. This, Oh, my God. Yeah. You're so in your lane. So that was my thing. I just wanted Thank to you. kind of come out there and say, you know, you were in your lane. So going back to the station, 92.9, of course, is the flagship station for the Hawks and Falcons and United. We do a lot. <laughs> but for the Hawks, they literally said, hey, we've got this digital show and we need a co-host. Uh, they bring in a you know a guest co-host every week, and the guy who they wanted to come through, he was traveling out of town. So they asked my APD, "Who would you recommend?" And he was like Tanitra. And they were like, "Oh, well, I mean, okay." Thirty seconds into the broadcast, the EP was screaming in the Hawks host ear, going, "We love her. We have to wow. bring her back." So they would rotate in different people because they also, you know them, they support diversity. So they would rotate different people in, but they'd always come back to me. Man. Always come back to me. I got you. Yeah. And then yeah. like literally, so that was, you know, last April, May. And then they called in July and wanted me to do the draft party. And then they called in August and they were like, you know, we created this job for you that we think would be really interesting and good for you. Are you? And before they could finish, Rashawn, I was like, oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so uh, thankfully, of course, still reached out to a couple of people to make sure the numbers were right now, mm-hmm. that good stuff. But that has been the joy of my life because they just see me for me. They just see the person who loves ball, the person who could talk ball all day, every all day. day, but the person who they still believe looks good doing it. Mm-hmm. And that has really bolstered my confidence and it has evolved into now doing Peachtree TV for the Skyhawks or doing sideline reporting for them. It's, it's just been amazing. So I just think for all of you out there who may be saying, oh, my, it's time to wrap it up. Ask yourself one more time. Are you sure or are you ending this right before the breakthrough? Ooh, don't end right before the breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, that's yeah. good. That's good. Because when I was done with sideline reporting, I'll be see, I see y'all down there. I'll be like, go ahead, baby. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that be was like, a great hey, hit. girl. Yeah, hey. that was amazing. I love how you tossed that yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. When you pivoted, you were like, and I was like, she. That's she is where she needs to totally be. belongs. Yeah, now. like all of it, the bodybuilding and oh, acting, and oh, girl, thank you. 
I, I did have some envy though. I'm not gonna lie. Don't be had. Don't have. It's good envy. Yeah, is but it was. Envy? Yeah, it was like well, I was about to say. What is it? Envy or there must be some other. It was word. An admiration. Yeah, it was ad- yeah, I'm gonna go with an admiration. Yeah, because yeah. still I want her tips, and she's always loving on me. <laughs> yes. So yeah, let let let's let's be clear because this this is what it's all about as well. Because in this industry, it's very not that it's not in other industries, but it's extremely important when your counterparts give you that cosign or they give you that love or they just acknowledge mm-hmm. what you're doing. It That's another thing that kind of pushes you along and helps you out. So yeah, it's just been, it, like I said, there were some days, there were some days. Oh, I know. But it. now yeah. we're on the other side and we're really grateful and some big things are coming, more big things. I so know. excited. Yeah, I know you can't talk about them, but like, yeah. can you just give me a clue of something? Yeah, so we've got some broadcasts coming up in about a week, mm-hmm. we'll be launching a national show. Yes. So that is exciting. I can't divulge, yeah. but look out for it. We'll definitely post to social media. And then in the summer, I'll be doing some television work that's also in negotiations. But there are some leagues that play in the summer that need a sideline reporter. reporter. And they're going to have a new one. Yes. That is so amazing. <laughs> when you look back, you know, over everything... And the resiliency. And, you know, I, sometimes I hate that word for black women, but right. um, what what comes to mind when you think of yourself? Sometimes you got to like, you know, that song, sometimes you have to encourage yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What is that moment like for you when you're like, damn, I'm glad I didn't give up? Yeah. that it. I will tell you, last the last few weeks have really been a lot of that because of course the the season is wrapping up and we're shifting gears and that sort of thing. And you become reflective. And so my producer, our our producer for Endgame for Hawks was like, Hey, you're going to do the starter intros. And I was like, Oh my, okay. Uh, For, you know, celebrating women's history month. And so I do, I do it once and he's like, yeah, it's okay. But I want you to put a little edge to it. And I was like, okay, look, I said, you want Becky or Keisha? I just I need to know which which edge you want well, because you, you want, yeah which I can one? Get you both. Yeah, right. Because right. I, I got Becky That's the beauty and I got of Keisha. Being a black one. Right. Because yeah. I can we can code switch baby, quickly. Baby, baby, yeah. Get into it or don't do it. And don't. Yeah. Okay. And you won't even know. And then we come back right. and then we go in. Like, yeah. Oh so God, I was like, what is she? Right. I said, you want Becky or Keisha? So he was like, well, okay, let's try it again. So I give him a little Becky. Huh? So I give him a little Keisha. Huh? So then he goes, think about you know, uh, being an army captain or think about, and I said, oh, maybe I'll think about what my ex-boyfriend did or something like that. It'll make me mad. But I'm like, no, I'm a happy person, Rashawn. I don't get mad that often. Right, right. What motivated me was when he said, leave it all on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bet. I said, that's how I live my life. I give 110% to everything, everything I do, because I don't ever want God to think that I'm taking for granted any blessing, wow. anything. So when he said that, when I cracked that mic, I mean, I was, it was like my NBA finals, you know, that's the way I looked at it. And when I finished and Tig was like, drop the mic, that's when you know. And so those are the moments when I say to myself, you got this girl, go get him. You You can do this. Leave that all out on the floor. He told you to leave it, leave it. And I have those conversations with myself or I'll tell myself if I'm on the sidelines, like go talk to coach. I mean, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's just coach. I mean, coach put his shoes on just like you did. Right. So, but your shoes are cuter. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, I'll, sometimes I'll have to be goofy about it. Just I do whatever it takes in that moment to get me out of my nervousness. Because, you know, you'll have that script and you will have that script 
perfectly rehearsed. You have memorized it. You are ready to rock. 30 seconds before it's that time. red light, come on. Here it is. What? Who is this? Who is this person? And then all of a sudden, when they go lights, camera, action, three, two, one. Yeah. You're, you, you're, you are that. You are that. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, I've gone through those iterations and then they, um, oh, when we were doing things for, um, Oh my God, for your um, foundation. Yeah, Sporty Girls. Yeah, so we did we did something for, for Sporty Girls years ago. And Rashawn said, hey, you know, would you like to say anything? And I was like, crack a mic? Yes! <laughs> and that's what I tell myself all the time. Like, you have an opportunity, you better take it. Yeah. You gotta take it. Even, yeah, so color commentary for football. I was like, are you kidding me? For ESPN, are you kidding? No, I, I yeah, you can. Yeah. And you will. And you're going to do well. You are an inspiration to so many people. Oh, thank that pivot, you. You are the definition of what pivot means and believing in yourself. That right there, that takes real big girl panties. Yeah. And Rashawn, if I can say this, there are three groups and you're, of course, always in two of them. But there are three groups that I tell people all the time exist. I'm going to tell you the negative group and those can still be your friends. Right. Mm -hmm. But be careful who the energy watch the energy and watch what people are saying to you and if they don't you know support the dream that's okay they can still be your friends they just need to be over here on the sidelines elsewhere and mm -hmm. keeping that energy over here because i need the same energy for what i need to do you need a board of directors and you need a set of cheerleaders mm -hmm. and your board of, your cheerleaders are the ones who when you wake up in the morning and this is not right you did not wake up like this you wake, woke up like that. <laughs> they're the cheerleaders like Rashawn, go get it you right. can do it you're beautiful go get it and though you need that group and you need your board of directors who are also like, now, Rasham, you didn't bring your A game today. Mm -hmm. Now we can bring it tomorrow, but here's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. How are we going to do this? And that's also been tremendous for me, just having the board of directors, having the cheerleaders around me. I think that's that's a very important piece there as well in order for you to keep pushing in this life in anything that you do, even you know, motherhood, being a, a wife, mm -hmm. everything you need a village of some sort yeah. that helps you to just continue for it. And my village has just been knocked down. and yeah. undeniable. Yeah. Speaking of village, as we wrap up, uh, of course, you became a member of DST. Yeah. Xavier, right? Xavier. Yes. And you spoke of your line sisters uh, earlier and how they were so supported, supportive of what you have done. Did you choose Delta Sigma Theta or did Delta Sigma Theta choose you? I really think it chose me. Yeah. I really do think it chose me because when I was in junior high, I used to get bullied a lot. Mm. Yeah, because I spoke differently. And so that was always a thing. And I've all, I was always the skinny kid, still the skinny kid. But um, I went to a mentor and I said, hey, how do you manage through this? Like these kids are, and I was in a fight all the time because I was a little scrappy. Mm -hmm. Like what you will not do is, right. is talk to me or touch me because yeah. we're going to have problems. Yeah. And so I'm always in a fight. I'm always in the office, the 4.0 student who's always in a fight. Yeah. So what am I supposed to do? And my mentor literally said, well, I was in the same situation. And then she, I, I, I went to college and I saw these, she actually saw the Alpha Kappa Alpha ladies mm -hmm. on Southern's campus. And she saw the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta. And she said she was cool with them both, by the way. But I guess something drew her into right, Delta. Right. And she said that sisterhood was what saved her mm -hmm. and what kept her going in college and what pushed her to grad school and which pushed her to be a principal. And there were just all of these amazing things that she talked about. And she'd been bullied as well. And I was like, well, God. 
if it's that great, I'm going to need that energy right. or whatever word we were using at the time. But yeah, I was like, I need that. So literally, I feel like in some ways it kind of chose me mm-hmm. because that was what I needed. But I think that th- there there could be an argument that I chose it. Too. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's been amazing everywhere I've gone. The sisterhood has been the foundation of how I'm able to succeed and sustain myself. Yeah. But the D9 family. Absolutely. The D9 family comes through. Absolutely. Every single time. Yeah. Every single time. There's going to be some type of synergy, no matter what yeah. fraternity or sorority that you're a part of. When you find out that you're a part of, you're like, who are you playing? Right. Exactly. It's coming Ooh, through. You know. Right. Oh, you, do you know? Do you know? Oh, you so know. Here right, 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 right. Were you at the conclave? Were right. you at the convention? Right. Were you at the boule? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. And then it all becomes, and because there's no, there's no real six degrees of separation with us because we start taking that down. Are you from the South? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, are you, did you, are you, did you right, right. right. And right. then it becomes, did you pledge? And then those walls begin to come down. That's another thing. I think I learned a lot from you to utilize those those um, similarities and, and those commonalities mm-hmm. to really forge conversations and relationships that are comfortable and that are organic and, and natural genuine, like we will yeah. do. We'll yeah. shoot each other a text out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And though, but we think it's nowhere. It's God. Yeah. He'll know on that particular day that that was what was we needed. needed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I cannot speak enough about the D9 connection and even the HBCU connection, because I'm telling you, if it was not for those people, all those wonderful Rattlers, I would never have made it through grad school because it was a challenge, admittedly, for me kind of going from the HBCU to the PWI. Yeah. And so, yeah, you guys, have, you guys saved me. Saved me. God, let me tell you something. Well, you know what? I am just super proud of you. Uh-huh. For the, the um, This is the definition of pivot. You are that. And I'm glad that you stayed the course. Because, yeah, because we wouldn't even have this type of conversation had you not. Right. So congratulations on everything. Congratulations on what will be. Yes. But God loves you. Yeah. And the favor is not fair. Yeah. But the favor is on you (laughs) all the way. Tanisha Batiste, everybody on the Cool Soror podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. How can people follow you really quick? Ooh, ooh. At Tanisha Batiste on both Instagram. Actually, it's everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that. All the things. Yeah. All the things. At Tanisha Batiste. That's right. Make sure you follow this amazingly talented sideline reporter and anchor and all the other things that are coming up. Mm -hmm. We'll let you know soon right here on the Cool Soror podcast. 